it's a daily, like you said, die daily. It's a daily sacrifice of diminishing who we are, diminishing yeah. ourselves so that God yeah. can reflect and become the, the focus. Welcome to Beyond Service, where we see Jesus Christ beyond the pulpit. In today's episode, we're going to continue our discussion on running the races with Dr. Heather E. Burton. Let's jump into the conversation. For women, specifically Black women, historically, they have always carried the weight of the world on their shoulders and they still carry the weight of the world on their shoulders. And so that's what I mean by not that change, but finding ways in which they can navigate and deal with physical and mental health. I can only imagine what the mental health is like for a woman versus a man. So, I mean, uh, when, it talk, when you talk about mental health, I mean, I think some of the things I mentioned earlier was how the, um, the love of God prevents physical abuse, mental abuse, spiritual abuse, emotional abuse. You know, as a man who God is called to, to say, lead a relationship, you know, those are some of the things that I pray to God about. So, you know, how do you minister to a woman who's under bad leadership or even no leadership? How does the ministry address those uh, women's needs in a Christian sense, of course? It, you know, if we have a workshop that's geared towards that, then, as I said, there's someone that's an expert that deals with with, with that. Yeah, yeah with that in terms of the ministry as a whole, mm -hmm. the ministry as a whole doesn't per se say we're addressing this issue or we're addressing that woman. Uh, that may be a subject matter that we're dealing in. Yeah. And then there's someone who is equipped yeah. to, to deal in that. And I think that's where, you know, very often, I think that's where we go wrong in ministry too, is that I know most of us have multiple talents and multiple gifts, but we have to recognize that we can't do everything and we aren't the experts in everything. Yeah. And so in that recognition, yeah. And that recognition, you know, I always say, I can give you what the word of God says, and I can give you a Heatherism or a Dr. Burtonism. But when it comes to recognizing whether when someone needs counseling, needs therapy, then I can rec I can recommend you to a Christian counselor yeah. and someone that can give you techniques and skills that are going to help you with that mental. But I will say this, as you were talking about women and, and, and mental illness or just the physical capacity of dealing with stress is that research states that black women, the higher they move educationally and uh, professionally, their life expectancy decreases yeah. because of the stressors that that they deal with. Uh, and so that's one of now that's one of the things that I am quick to say in settings, specifically when it's uh, working with women for empowerment and working for women that are looking to advance career wise is really learning how do we take care of ourselves. Uh, I was having a conversation. I told you I was in meetings all morning today, but I was having a conversation with a colleague that was talking about urgent care versus self-care and self-care happens when we're when we're healthy, when we're in a space of good and we recognize. But urgent care is the care that happens when we are we are at that space of uh, anxiety falling over, bursting at the seams is that that's when it requires a different level of care and it requires that urgent care for you to step in and and really get to that concentration compared to self-care you know when we talk about self-care like me i take mecations and so the mecations are me going on vacation by myself for a few days uh for a period of self-reflection or whatever it is just just to be alone <laughs> and relax and and you probably recognize you know with as much as you do 
always doing the podcast, talking and your other endeavors and projects and ministry that it weighs on you. And so you need time away and time by yourself. And so that's an element of self-care for me. I used to do what was called Monday movies, where I would go to the movies on Monday by myself. Yeah. And with with the seniors, because the seniors go to the movies on Monday. (laughs) But, you know, I always teach me like, by the way, everybody, Heather is not a senior. okay? (laughs) I'm not a senior. But let me say the seniors, I tell any. So I'll tell any of your listeners that are young listeners, wrap your arms around seniors. Yes. And taking their wisdom and taking their love, because when they love you and provide you wisdom, even though it may be corrective wisdom Mm -hmm. and even though you may not agree with it, they once they take you in, they're taking you in and not letting you go. Yeah. A lot of seniors I know are honest and politically incorrect. (laughs) Yes. They'll they'll, they'll tell you straight up. (laughs) Because what they always say is I'm this age or I'm old. Now I can say whatever I want to say. Right. That's always their line at the end. Yeah. But when I would go to the movies and I, or I didn't show up on Monday or something like that, they would say, where have you been? Now these are people I don't even know, but they'd be like, where have you been? Yeah, right. <laughs> but we were all regulars for that. And so I just think that, you know, it's just, it's just a blessing to be surrounded by that type of love and that type of wisdom yeah. from, from people. That's a good point you bring up too. And I want to encourage the listeners that, yeah, life can be so busy and we could get so caught up with the the ambitions of life and, you know, come kind of bombard ourselves with uh, all sorts of white noise that's meant to distract us away from our savior. You know, just take the time to reflect and think about, you know, if you're a Christian, think about the good things that God has done for you. Think about some of the times where, you should have been punished and God didn't punish you. His grace and mercy was extended one more time. So, you know, just a personal reflection. If you need to even pause uh, this podcast and just take a little time to yourself and just to think about it, feel free to go ahead and do what you have to do. Getting back to the conversation here. um, One of the things that you brought up a while ago, so I'm going to see if I could try and refresh the context here to the best of my ability. Uh, the thing about reverse racism, uh, one of the I noticed two approaches to addressing that question of either racism or reverse racism. You have like this conglomerate of data. You have all this data that sort of tells one story, and at times it also conflicts with, say, the lived experience of the individual. One is very much structured, objective, where you have the data. It doesn't have any feelings, empathy, any emotional connections, blah blah blah. And then you have the lived experience where you basically have the emotion and the empathy. Those are the strengths of the lived experience. So now you have these two school of thoughts that are sort of clashing at each other, centered around racism, centered around genderism, or any type of disparity that's going on in this uh, world that we live in. Is it more valid to look at the data or is it more valid to look at the lived experience? How do you balance those two viewpoints when addressing the existence of racism or the existence of reverse racism. So, you know, you you bring in two perspectives. So you're bringing in this idea of qualitative data, qualitative research versus quantitative research and what someone finds more valuable. And so if you're coming from an analytical perspective and you have an analytical mind, you're going to find the data more valid. If you're coming from a, a perspective of narratives, lived experiences, case studies, uh, language, words, cultural, then you're going to go with the lived experience as being more important. Uh, what I say is that in any type of view, it needs to be a mixed methods. 
is that the combination of data with lived experiences is what gets us to a, a more concrete result of what we should, should not do or what it relates to when we're talking about racism. I think it's also important to understand is that when we're talking about racism and racism is whose lived experience, whose lived experience are we shaping it in mm -hmm. and what lived experience? Yeah, because it could be in a certain lived experience and that lived experience has never experienced racism. Right. And so that lived experience doesn't add validity to the research. Gotcha. And so I think we have to be really careful of what we're using to justify the argument of racism yeah. versus any other aspects of isms. Yeah, for me, uh, when I'm confronted with like the the data versus the lived experience, I tend to gravitate towards the lived experience, um, mainly because I think about where Jesus talks about leaving the 99 to go after the one. And I want to say that's probably one of the biggest motivators for me even doing this podcast is because I'm thinking about, you know, throughout our conversation, I'm thinking about this one individual that asked a question. I'm thinking about this one individual who's um, wavering in, even in their faith or even unsaved individuals who ask me questions. When I I think about the data sure i see that as the data i'm very analytic i you know computer engineering and even then i have to i'm rejecting that side of the brain a lot when it comes to when it comes to matters of the heart when it comes to sharing christ with someone being able to ask god for a vision on how can your gospel heal this one individual soul when someone talks about like racial disparities or when they're talking about gender uh, issues and so forth all of a sudden I start to remind people, I'm like, what do you deserve from God? That's almost like a, a blunt question I have to ask them. What do you deserve from God? What do you deserve? And the thing is, uh, I would ask them also another blunt question is, is God fair? You know, those type of questions. Um, if God is fair, uh, aren't we all doomed? Yeah, you know? exactly. And, uh, you know. Uh, God is just. Yeah, exactly. So. Can I say um, something really quick yeah. before you move past the data? Yeah. Um, and I think it's important what you just said. When you look at the Bible, you look at the narrative, but actually you look at a, myth, a mixed method because there are still numbers that guided, guided your perspective. So even though it was the one that you're looking at and the one to reach versus the 99, just like when the, the, the lepers that were healed, yeah. that it's the one that came back to say thank you. Right. That's still the numeric value that numbers, that's the data. So you looked at the one that needed plus the lived experience. And that's what I mean by mixed method. And when yeah. we look throughout the Bible, there are numbers that are given to us that mm -hmm. support the the work that we do within the Bible, right. plus the narrative that goes along with it. Yeah. And, and I don't want to make it sound like I was disagreeing with you as far as the, the mixed method, method um, you know, because, you know, those headlines do grab. Yeah. No, the no, those no, headlines do grab. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't so, think we were disagreeing. I just yeah. wanted to point out that yeah. with the narrative, how you, the lived experience. But yeah. then I was like, well, he just gave some statistics, though. Yeah. Yeah. Pieces, yeah. So. so, yes, I do agree that the mixed approach is definitely the way to go. I mean, you know, those headlines that talk about various different types, of, you know, like some of the things that's going on over in China and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, if it wasn't for those headlines, I wouldn't really understand the, the amount of persecution that's going on over there. I right. wouldn't understand a lot of the things that are, you know, you know, that would... Uh, impact or change my prayer life, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for the brothers and sisters around the world, you know? So, um, yeah, I definitely agree with the mixed approach, you know? I mean, there's 
there's a time and a place for everything. And that's Ecclesiastes chapter three. Um, but more specifically, when it comes time for reaching out to uh, people with the gospel, I tend to focus on Jude uh, chapter, I mean, chapter one, verses 22 and 23. And I'm going to paraphrase real quickly where it basically talks about how uh, we should be gentle to those who are wavering in faith, but there's others that you just want to just snatch them out of the grasp of hell. I find that when I'm trying to either be gentle or aggressive, you know, there's uh, there is that balance of looking at the the overall picture, the overall story, the revelations, which would be considered the big data points. That's fact if you're believing the inerrant word, but then also to the precious soul, also which I would consider to be the lived experience, the lived character, the flawed character, um, in need of a savior every day yeah. because we have Definitely. to die daily, right? Daily, yeah, I'm telling also, you, you know, yeah, with Christ. Yes, amen to that. It's yeah, a daily, so. it's, a, it's a daily, like you said, die daily. It's a daily sacrifice of diminishing who we are, diminishing yeah. ourselves, so that God yeah. can reflect and become the the focus. Yeah, exactly. And you know, um, I I will be honest and just share my struggles at times where there are times where I just fast from reading and watching news because it's just so depressing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But for the times where I do watch the news, you know it's so easy for me to get self-righteous or perhaps judgmental of you know certain situations and thinking and instead of having the first interaction or the first reaction would be to like pray for them or you know what man this person needs jesus christ or this group needs jesus christ or that newscaster needs jesus christ you know what i mean uh, i think that's one of the challenges i've had when it comes to absorbing these uh data points whether they be objective or subjective propaganda or non-propaganda you know so mm-hmm. forth you know that's yeah. one of the challenges i've had to understand the channels to my heart but then also trust in god for the filter and to control the information that comes into my mind or it comes into my life let's just leave it at that and this is very general and i'm 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 attempting to kind of summarize a lot of the things that we talked about today and then afterwards i'm going to ask you to just uh, share a little bit about your testimony as well as give you the final word of course too but when it comes time for for me my advice to the listeners when it comes time for dealing with the inequalities that are out there it's to first recognize that we are imperfect and that the that the ideals we're we're trying to achieve um is unattainable because of sin. It, it, the ideals we have should line up with what God has in store for us. And unfortunately, that there's gonna be some very according to Revelations, there's gonna be some very dark dark realities that's going to occur before Jubilee, before heaven, you know, before a lot of that. So uh, as much as we, we live here in this earth and, you know, seeing is believing and all that stuff, um, you know, faith is believing. I would also say that as well too. You know, you have people that don't want to be on the wrong side of history. I'm telling people don't be on the wrong side of eternity, you know? So my advice um, to the listeners is understand that we are eternal beings, that the decisions we make are not just for today, but they're decisions that can decide or that will indicate to the Lord God Almighty 
where we want to spend our eternity. So I don't want this to be known as a feel-good podcast. I want this to to be uh, an honest discussion about the words of Jesus Christ. Most of Jesus's teachings were warnings. You know, some people want to be the greatest of all time. They want to be the goat. Well, Jesus says he's going to separate the sheep from the goat. (laughs) You want to be a sheep, you know? And my encouragement to the people out there is to choose Christ. You really must choose Christ. Um, By all means, if you you want to read the scriptures for yourself, I would start with the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. That's about four or five pages or so of reading. And that really summarizes the message of Jesus Christ, the purpose and the the hope that Jesus provides for the entire earth and was manifested in his death and resurrection and ascension. So this is all gospel right here. And we're not claiming to be able to quote the entire gospel here in this one podcast, but what we will do is encourage you to uh, go out and read the scripture for yourself and just really start to ask God some tough questions and see if he will, if he will not answer them for you. I know I've had conversations with God that were tough. Uh, I've wrestled with God and I've lost every time, by the way, but I've asked God some very, very tough questions. And I really put God to the test because I wanted to draw closer to him. And he has answered me and has comforted me and has spoken to my heart many, many times and has opened many, many doors, including this wonderful podcast that I'm enjoying here with uh, with Dr. Heather E. Burton. So with that being said, I'm going to call this the last word segment. If there's anything that I uh, didn't ask or if anything in the podcast that you wanted to to clarify, uh, maybe clarify any of your positions or whatever, feel free to share it. And also, too, if you can also share your personal testimony of how you've come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The floor is yeah. yours. Oh, thank you. Um, I, you know, after you summed it up with the the invitation and in offering the guests to, to read Matthew, there's not much that I can say left for that. You know, when when the word of God is the last words that somebody say, it's hard to come back <laughs> with anything else. You really can't come back with much. <laughs> but I think, you know, I, I think when we talk about living life is that Christ came that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. And I think that's where we have to look. And then you said one of the scriptures that my mom taught us young in life that she had us to grow up on was seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And then all these things will be added. And and that's the way that I've tried to live my life. And as you have mentioned with the transparency, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm far from it, not even close to it. Um, But I've seeked Christ. And, and, and things that I do. Have I prayed and asked about everything? No, but do I try to make it a habit? And, and I shouldn't say a habit, but I try to make it a part of my life and a part of my relationship with Christ to seek Christ so that I can be guided and be in the will of the Lord. Uh, I think there's nothing worse than living outside of the will of God. And that living outside of the will of God takes us through more trials and tribulations. Now, it's one thing we're going to deal with a lot of trials, tribulations within the faith. But walking outside of that, we don't have a foundation to know that somebody is holding us, guiding us, protecting us and keeping us. And I think with the, the word of God and with our relationships, that needs to be the focus. And, and I think we all um, we all have a should have a commitment to fight against injustices. And uh, when it comes to the oppressed, when it comes to people and even, you know, we we often think about this work and this work being much larger, especially when we're dealing in racism and, 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 and race and when we're dealing with gender or any of the isms 
or we, we're, you know, we're fighting against injustices is that we think about it on this large scale. And so we think that we need to be outside being a protester, being an activist, marching, yelling from the top of our lungs. If we don't have a space where it's 100 people, then we're not making changes. But my, 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 what I live by is that if God uses me to touch one person, then my work is not in vain. Amen. And so it's, it's that, it's that one-on-one interaction. It's that one-on-one real dialogue of having conversations of race or gender with someone who may be from a different demographic so that you can learn different perspectives and you can see different perspectives. I use, for example, a police officer at Case Western Reserve. We were at a museum and there was a picture of a um, police in full riot gear over a little girl with a daisy. And many people have seen that same painting. And the police officer, I didn't recognize that he was an officer at the time because we were in this group and it was a diversity and diversity group. And so I never paid attention to his pants that he always came. It was in the morning, our meetings. And so he worked second shift. So he always had on like a different shirt, but he had on his uniform pants. But I never paid attention to his pants. And so we went back and forth about this painting where he was defending the police and I was defending the black community as this is the black community's experience when it comes to officers very often. This is what they see within the black community. But him and I had the opportunity to sit down on several occasions and have dialogue and realize that we didn't agree on some aspects, but we agreed on many. And from that, I use him as an example of how two people were bridged together from dialogue and conversation that if we're willing, just like you're doing with the podcast, if we're willing to have transparent, honest conversation, then we can grow together as a society. We can go together as a community because the honest conversations will lead to policy change. It will lead to cultural change. It will lead to climate change. And so in that it will cause us to be here to achieve the purpose that God has put us on this earth to achieve. Um, And I say, just as you have said, is that we must, if you're listening to this and you have not accepted Christ, I leave you with the same things that Chris left you with earlier, is that you must accept, believe, and confess. If thou shalt believe in thy heart and confess with thy mouth, thou shalt be saved. Is that salvation is the way, I always say salvation is the way to a peace of mind. Amen to that. And just another thing too, you know, you know, the Bible also says, you know, if you call on the name of the Lord, you know, you will be saved. And, and and even further than that, if you're experiencing weaknesses in your life, you know, call on the name of the Lord again. He can make his strength perfect within your weaknesses. Amen to mm-hmm. that. And then last but not least, if you could just share your story of t- uh, your personal testimony of salvation. Um. So I have been saved since I was eight years old. I accepted Christ at eight years and I've never walked away from Christ. (laughs) Um, So at eight years old, I confessed and I believed and I stated verbally in front of the church that um, I believed in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And um, and from there, it has just been a growth process. Uh, I I jokingly say that I have always I've been a tither since I was eight years old. All right. I believe in the principle of tithing and um, as one of the ordinances of the church. And so uh, in that at eight, I didn't know. And I'll say, you know, at eight, I didn't understand fully 
what it meant for salvation. At eight, I didn't understand tithing. All I knew was that I could put my money in the envelope and I got to get up and walk. And you know, you couldn't walk <laughs> in church. So that was my excuse for being able to get up and walk is that I got to get up and walk. But it also um, put something in me mm. that, and then seeing my mother, uh, seeing my mother as a believer in Christ and living a life that was dedicated to her relationship with Christ, as well as being you know, a tither, because um, my mom was a youth director at our church. And so I was able to, you know, witness her and her testimony spoke spoke volumes for who and what I am today in terms of even even the things that I do. Uh, she always says that, you know, hers was within the four walls of the church. My ministry has been outside of the four walls of the church. And so uh, but with salvation, it has been just it's just been a, it's a part of who I am. And that's why I use that identity as a Christian black woman is that. I mean, at eight years old, well, I shouldn't say eight, but as a young child, I was quoting Langston Hughes and doing poems about the creation and, and blackness and everything yeah. as a, you know, that four or five year old, because I, I had this love for dramatization. So that's, it's just, it's who I am. <laughs> okay. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing that uh, wonderful testimony with us. But can uh, I say something really quickly, Chris? Of course. I, I, absolutely. I just say this because I don't want the listeners to think that I have not, um, I have not, that I have been on this journey where it's been smooth sailing and I have not been disobedient or I have not made mistakes. Is the reality is that I fight, fight against flesh. And we talked just about this earlier. I fight against flesh every day. Mm -hmm. And so in that fighting against flesh, I have fallen and I have gotten back up. I've had trials. I have had tribulations, but I know that my foundation and my strength lies in Christ. And so even in my weakest moments, I know who to call on and who to go to. But it doesn't mean that I haven't experienced the simpleness behaviors of the world. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, right. no, no, totally. I, I, know I, got, I accepted Jesus Christ as an early age myself. I can't remember a time where I didn't believe in God. Um, so, uh, you know, so yeah, no, no, definitely a struggle. And yeah, I mean, teenager, uh, teenage years, you know, bodies changing. Absolutely. Um, God understands, uh, the, uh, the, the anatomy of lust, let's call it that. Um, and, uh, for bonus points, people could read Ezekiel chapter 23. And if you're bold enough, ladies, you can even read chapter, uh, 23 verse 20 as well too. So, um, that should be a nice hot read for you guys. And this is God talking to one of his prophets in very adult terated, uh, language. All right. So that being said, once again, thank you so much, Dr. Heather, for joining me for this podcast where we basically had a wonderful, casual conversation about basically race relations, gender relations, gender issues. Uh, we talked about LGBTQIA. It's going to be hard to write a summary for this entire conversation, um, but <laughs> it, it hopefully it was a wealth of information for all the listeners. And also to, uh, believe it or not, we're actually going to have uh, Dr. Heather back for another conversation uh, where she's going to talk about her new book titled, I'm Single, So What?, uh, did I say that correctly? Yes, you did. All you right. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I don't have my notes in front of me. So any case, though, uh, we're going to have a wonderful discussion about that. And uh, she's going to talk about basically the book, some of the content. And I'm not going to even give you guys a teaser. All right. But I will say it's good. uh, It's going to be a good conversation about her book, as well as some of the practical steps that she's going to outline in her book for the Christian woman. Uh, But men should listen to this as well, too, especially... Especially if you you plan on having a good Christian woman in your life as well, too. So that being said, thanks again, Dr. Heather, for uh, joining and definitely look forward to uh, another conversation with you. Time just went by very quickly today. All right. Thank you. And thanks for having me. I've enjoyed talking with you. You're welcome. This concludes another episode of Beyond Sermons, where we seek Jesus Christ beyond the pulpit. If you were blessed by this episode, consider going to beyondsermons.com where you can subscribe on the platform of your choice. Take care and be blessed to be a blessing.